Oh yeah. What's up everybody? Welcome to Javon D Radio here. We're live, Boulder, Colorado. Rocking. And let me give a big shout out to everybody watching in Colorado on their TV sets. What's up, you rock? And a big shout out to Hollywood, even though we don't really broadcast there anymore on the tube. But we were, and they were really cool. And in the studio from Boulder, Colorado, Reverend Friendly. How's it going, man? Namaste. <laughs> How you doing? Fantastic. Good. And uh, How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Thanks Bless a lot. Bless your soul. May the bird of paradise fly up your nose. <laughs> and may an elephant caress your toes. And may you live long enough to go any place you please without any clothes. Nice. I love it. Good. This is going to be an interesting show. Who do we got in the studio? Oh, we've got uh, Richard. He's uh, my guardian angel, Angela Martin's spiritual companion. And he's a laughing monk. You don't talk, he just laughs. He just has a good time on there, huh? Wow. I'm Reverend Friendly, the unconventional, joyful Christian yogi, also known as Grandfather. Wow. Now, my purpose tonight is to give you a nodding acquaintance with the cream of the crop, of the wisdom of the ages that I have stored in my head. I have a storehouse in my old noggin, filled to the brim with je- precious gems and jewels and pearls of wisdom selected from the greatest minds of recorded time. Now, it took 50 years to accomplish this feat, periodically in and out of jailhouses, prisons, detoxification centers, and funny farms. Jesus. In prison jargon, is, uh, I'm almost done. In prison <laughs> jargon, that's called doing life on the installment plan. And I was, I was uh, written off as a Incorrigible lost cause. Oh, well, the shortest distance between two points is not always a straight line. As old Frederick Nietzsche, my favorite philosopher, once said, Slow is the experience of all deep wells. Long must they wait before they know what fell into their depth. (laughs) You're up. Nice. (laughs) I dig it, man. Killer. Hey, you want to hear hear something else? I'll make it pretty quick. Sure, man. Go for it. We are living in a mercenary, monetary, ultra-materialistic, predominantly spiritually dead intellectual bankrupt society that's endangering the integrity of humanity. Here's the good news. That's good. Here's the good news. (laughs) With eyes newly opened, ears unfamiliar with sound, and minds not yet totally corrupted, today's youth yet has the potential for building a better world. The first step in this direction is to for young people to discover their God-given talent, nurture it, and cultivate it, and perfect it. That's one thing that makes life worthwhile. You're up. You have some great poetry. When did you start doing poetry, man? Well, first thing I did was in San Quentin, in uh, on the Bay of San Francisco in San Rafael. And uh, I was out in the prison yard walking around one time, and I used to practice my poetry out in the prison yard, and the guard asked me, he says, he called my number, and he says, how come you always walk around talking to yourself? I said, well, officers like this. I happen to possess the finest tuned mind in the universe, and nobody else knows what I'm talking about, and their conversation bores me, so I talk to myself. Is that against the rules? <laughs> and he just left you alone probably after yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool, man. Well, it's good to have you in the studio. Let's quickly... Do a uh, an Oblivion beer update sponsored by <laughs> the Geons in Texas. Yes, you rock. 
Sweet. Thank you very much. I'm very stoked. And uh, yeah. So you've been uh, you've been hanging out at some of the open mic nights and uh, stuff like that around Boulder, and I've seen you around, and and uh, you have a way of really uh, reaching people when you talk. You really get their attention. How long, like, how long have you been actually like? Do you preach in a church or anything? Well, I don't like the word preach. I give eloquent, profound, spiritual discourses. <laughs> cool. I, ever since I heard this preacher preaching one time and. When he left in his church, a woman stopped him in the doorway and said, Preacher, I'm not a Christian. Is there salvation for me from hell is fire? Peter said, No. If you haven't been born again and baptized, you shall be barbecued through all eternity in hell's fire and brimstone. <laughs> that moment, a bolt of lightning fell from the sky and the church caught on fire. And the men came from the city. From, the men from the city came running. And they saved the woman, but the preacher got his ass burned up. <laughs> so I'm not very fond of dogma. This, this is... Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact... Uh, the greatest pieces I have, I think, of, uh, for its duration or for the length of it, is called the Desiderata. We got time for that? Sure. Okay. Yeah, what's, uh, what's that Listen all about? Uh, it was found, now they may have found out since then something else, but when I first got acquainted with the Desiderata, they found it in old St. John's Catholic Church. I can't remember what century, 14th or 16th century. But it goes like this. Go placidly amid the noise and haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible without surrender be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly and listen to others even the dull and the ignorant for they too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive people for they are vexatious to your spirit. If you compare yourself with others you may become vain or bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons in yourself. Enjoy your achievements just as much as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble it is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself. Do not fake affection, neither be cynical about love. For with all its aridity and disenchantment, love is as, as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune. But do not distress yourself with dark imaginings, for many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive God to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy. 
I love it, man. That's, as far as I know, that's by an unknown cat, as I said that before. I would just call him Father Anonymity. So are, are most of these um, are these poems, is that what you call them? Or are they st- well, kind of stored? They're almost like let, stories. Like I said, I have stored in my head the yeah. the crop of the wisdom of the ages. Uh, I read a lot in prison, a lot. Wow. And when I found choice pieces of literature, pieces that were all around to me perfect, I committed them to memory and I share them with other people and talk to Where do you store all that stuff, man? <laughs> That's impressive. Thank you. It's really cool. I dig it, man. If anybody wants to call in, call oh, I in any time. 303-804-BUD. You can call in and talk to Reverend, Reverend Friendly here. And Richard, right? <laughs> Richard. So, Rev, what are your dreams? Well, here's uh, what are your dreams? I for want the people future? to find out about this book. That, well, is, actually, is it in the book? It's, it's actually <laughs> not my book. I myself can do nothing. Uh-huh. The spirit within me performs the work which is appointed for me to do, and goes before me to make the crooked places straight and the rough places smooth. I'm the holy book. I'm <laughs> I'm the hole in the flute that the holy breath flows through. Listen to the music of the spoken word from the Christian Yoga Song of God. It's the Americanized version of the Bhagavad Gita or the Hindu Song of God or the Song Celestial. Huh. And hold, then hold that up. Hold it right in front of the right in front of your face. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Right in the light there. The Christian Yoga Song of, of God, God, yeah. So people ask me what a Christian yogi is. Well a Christian is someone who adheres strictly to the teachings of Christ. And yoga in this context means union with God. So a Christian yogi is a Christian who is in union with God. And then we have, have now... Oh, I, I forgot to tell you. I don't know if he, if he got the message or not, but I left a message for... I have a guru. His name is yep. Master Cuckoo Bear, the hidden yogi, uh-huh. and possessor of the finest tuned mind in the universe. And I thought okay. you might want to call him. We'll see if he we're gonna, answers. We're going to call him tonight? Yeah, and then ask him... All right. Ask him uh, how, how, what he thinks about the ego. Wow. Well, it, whenever you want to do it, you call. Okay, him. this is God's gang. So what? What is God's gang? It's it's a group of of well, of dudes. I can tell you what wisdom, it's not. Wisdom dudes. <laughs> I love it. Uh oh. Here, would you like me to read it? I'll there. Why don't uh? Okay. Where are you going? Oh, well, let's take a quick break, and uh, if you want to call in, do so anytime. We'll be right back with uh, Reverend Friendly. Oh, yeah. Back here live, Boulder, Colorado, with Reverend Friendly in the studio. <laughs> and Richard, how we doing, guys? Richard, the laughing monk. <laughs> yes, the laughing monk. Gotcha. I won't forget that next time. Laughing monk. I love it. Let me give it a really quick oblivion beer update. Richard, Thanks a please, lot. Richard, please, uh, please, like I do. Thank you. Richard, please, like I do. Laugh and the world laughs with you. Cry and you cry alone. So if you want to pout, stay at home. That's on your website. Like that, yeah. Now what? What? Now do you have a, a .dot com? Is that that uh, goes to another site? Is 
Where do people find you? ReverendFriendly.com or something? That's as far as I know, that's what it is, ReverendFriendly.com. Cool. It might, it might be ReverendFriendlyYahoo.com. Uh, gotcha. Have you heard of Yahoo? Oh, like your email? I'm computer illiterate. Sweet. Now, the beer update's probably about three, by the way. <laughs> Reverend Friendly, but we were talking about God's, uh, God's okay. gang, Let me right? Tell you about it. Okay. God's gang has no concern for money, wealth, or fame. We have but one ultimate aim to begin a movement called God's gang. We believe in all religions are different paths to the same God. Whether you are Buddhist, Hindu, Christian, or Muslim, God loves us all. The impartiality of God's gang, God's gang is completely and absolutely impartial. There is no question of social status or whether you are rich or poor. Everybody has the, has the essence, the kingdom of God within us. And everybody is able to return to the root. Everyone has the spirit and is able to go back to the innocence of childhood. Jesus Christ said, until you be as little children, you shall never enter the kingdom of heaven. The business of realization basically needs genuine people. If you're not genuine and real, all your labors are in vain. Without integrity, you're a spiritual bankrupt, empty shell. Amen, may it be so. So I, I don't hear you talk about Jesus too much uh, well, when, you, when you're out. I'll give you a little parable. What, uh, I'll give you a little parable. About okay. This. See, I'm not a fundamentalist or a dogmatist or a conventional Christian. I got a little story I make up. Jesus, the Christ, the real Christian from Nazareth, and Jesus, the conventional dogmatist, fundamentalists, meet every hundred years. And they talk long and far into the night. When they finish, Jesus, the real Christ from Nazareth, says, Jesus, the Christian, today's Christian and the fundamentalist, my friend, I fear we shall never, never agree. You get the point? We don't have, we don't have real Christianity. Okay. So, but, uh, so the whole thing, with, so turn. you're a big fan of Jesus, is that what's... What's well, I on? think everybody's a fan. You hardly ever see anybody say anything negative about Jesus. Well, I've, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't really. I'm not really a big religious guy. Yeah. Well, so I'm. I'm curious. I can understand that. It's been so corrupted. I yeah. Mean, so people tell you going to hell and so on. The so if there's is, so, it's like, it's. Do you think other religions are are wrong? They all have the same problem. No. How could you do that? Religion is a personal affair. Because I don't believe like you do, I'm supposed to say you're wrong and I'm right. Doesn't make no sense. There are those who have no spiritual vision. So they listen to preachers who speak many words and even think they know God's plan of salvation. Or they even interpret the scriptures literally and subjectively and they say our way is the only way. Their souls are warped with selfish desire and their heaven is a selfish desire. They have prayers for comfort, power, and strength. The result of which is the reward of which is to return to this earth in another body. So most of your of your uh, knowledge or belief comes from the Bible. Is that like is that where you're kind of 
Is that where it kind of date? Is that where the history's well, from? I've read the Bible, but I'm not a Bible student. Okay. Most of mine comes from the cream of the crop of the wisdom of the ages. I have stored okay. in my head. I've read Voltaire. Nietzsche's my favorite. But and you consider all, yourself Christian? Is that a Christian yoga? Christian yogi. A yogi. What, a what's a what is a what's a well, yogi? Uh, see, Christian. People say, "Well, what are you? Are you a Christian?" I said, "What is a Christian yogi?" I said this before. I'll say it again. Christian is someone who adheres strictly to the teachings of Christ, and yoga in this context means union with God. So, a Christian yogi is a Christian who is in union with God. Okay. <laughs> so, before you were saying uh, in one of your poems, which I really, I, I love your stuff, uh, wherever it comes from. Um, what like what's your view of God when you say uh, well, whatever people, you believe? People ask God me, is. "Do you believe in God?" And first, first, what I have to answer them is that first you have to tell me what you mean by God. If you mean, do I believe in a personal God that's concerned in my welfare? I can't say as I do. It's either somebody else does, but uh, my finite mind can't conceive infinity. I can't conceive of a being or a spirit that always was, always will be, never born, never dies. Can't be seen, felt, touched, heard, or smelt. How can my mind even see? See, you have the known, which you already know. You have the unknown, which you can find out. Then you have the unknowable. If you're getting involved too much in that unknowable, you got a problem. You'll have to wind up in a wacky farm. <laughs> so, but uh, the main problem, I think, was the, the biggest fault I have with conventional Christians is they take the Bible too literally. Okay. You know what I mean by literal? I mean, well, I'll tell you in a parable. Yeah. When I was a young man, I heard of the blessed city where everyone lived according to the scriptures. And I said to myself, I shall go to this city and I shall dwell therein. And it was far. I traveled long, 40 days. And on the 40th night, I arrived at the gates of the blessed city. And on the 41st morning, I entered therein. And behold, all the inhabitants had but one eye and one arm. And I looked upon them in amazement. And they looked upon me in astonishment. And I said to them, what terrible conqueror has committed this atrocious deed? And they said, none. We have done it to ourselves. And they therefore proceeded to lead me into the temple. We passed this huge mountainous pile of eyes and arms. And as we approached the altar, there in big capital letters were the words, Thine eye offendi, pluck it out. Thine arm offendi, cut it off. And I said, is there none in this fair city who has two eyes and two arms? They said, no, none. Only those who were too young to read the scriptures and too young to understand. But as soon as we departed from that temple, I hurried up and got the hell out of that blessed city because I wasn't too young to read the scriptures and too young to understand. <laughs> to get the point. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, I, I love listening to you because uh, like it keeps you thinking. Here, here's one. Is, here. it a, is it a longer one? No, I, no. This I is... can go full screen on you. I want to go full screen Oh, well, I'll just going to tell you a little <laughs> tiny one. Sure, man. Kindness is a virtue greater by far than all the prayers in the Holy Temple. I like and I got that. one for myself with my life that I've led, and that is that uh, not very often, but once in a great while, excess leads to the t- Temple of Wisdom. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that path over anybody else. But, uh, yeah. But you want to well, hear the first thing I ever put to... Put in my head, sure, man. Quentin Prison. Yeah. The name was even God gets bored. 
What is up, dudes? Back here live, Boulder, Colorado, streaming to you. If you want to call in any time, please do 303-804-BUD. Reverend Friendly, who we got in the studio, man? <laughs> oh, Reverend Friendly, the unconventional, joyful Christian yogi, also known as Grandfather, and Richard, the laughing monk. Yes! Angela Martin's my spiritual companion, and Richard, Angela Martin is my guardian angel, and Richard is her spiritual companion. How's it going, Richard? Good. Yeah, having a good evening. In fact, if, good. If, 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 good. good to hear. Glad you guys are here. If, uh, Thanks for coming. We're glad to have Rev out on the air. Give Angela your number. Okay. So she can call. Good. She can call in if she wants to. Let's quickly do an official, mm-hmm. official, <laughs> Oblivion beer update. Talking like three, I think. <laughs> Thank you to the Gians for the nice uh, warm ups we got here. And uh, yeah. Here we are. So, uh, Richard, what do you think of this guy here? Is yeah, Rev's uh, has a lot of information going in. Yeah. Just, you, well, you heard you heard a segment already earlier about. I mean, that's just the most amazing stuff. The most yeah. amazing things you can imagine, in, you know, in, in literature and. He's in memorized thought. all this he stuff. Has, he it's has. crazy. I just. It's uh, great. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, man. So, so oh, were you born we in the commercial? Or we're on are, air now. Huh? We're live, man. Are oh, you okay. born? Were you born in Boulder? No, I was are born in Muskegon, Michigan. How'd you end up Supposedly in Boulder? Supposedly, that town got its name. An Indian dropped his musket in Lake Michigan. He said, "Musky gone." I got, <laughs> I got to Boulder. I was on my okay. way to San Diego, and I forgot to tell you that uh, I'm an omnibibulous dipsomaniac. What is that? Means if I take one drink, the phenomenon of craving strikes. And I have an unquenchable thirst, an insatiable, uh, uncontrollable, morbid craving for every alcoholic beverage in the world known to the human wow. race. So on my way to San Diego, I stopped off in Denver's uh, 1989. Uh-huh. I lost my bus ticket to San Diego, so I never left after that. <laughs> Come on, I've been here for close to 20 years. So were you attracted to the Flatirons or something like that? I'm attracted mm-hmm. to Boulder. Most of the people that were out and about are real friendly. I think yeah. it's a power spot. And it's uh, power. Uh, what do you mean by power spot? Like the actual spirit, spirit in the earth, spiritual part. The earth, I mean, or, yeah. Well, it's hard okay. to describe a power spot. It's just a oh, okay. place that you recognize in your in, in the earth where you're more comfortable, feel more pleasant. Yeah, okay. you have more energy. Yeah, and uh, I get all that from Boulder. I heard there's like ley lines or, or no, well, some spiritual stuff. Or I don't know. There's lots of it. The way all the I found a cave up. Uh, if you're going out of, I, I'm not very good at directions, I don't drive anymore. But you're going out of, uh, when you come to, uh, anyway, what's, what's the town with all the, Lions, go, go out of Lions. Lions? And yeah. And on the way out of Lions, going towards, uh, what's the big tourist town up there where they made the movie, uh, Jack Nicholson? Oh, uh, Estes Park? Estes Park, or yeah. Is that it? About a third of the way to Estes what Park, the, or maybe only a fifth of the way. A town called Raymond, you turn off, and I found a cave up there. Oh, really? Yeah, the only problem is once in a while you see a cat. Oh, yeah? I got away from it when this cat was stalking me. I knew better than to get, get scared or run, so I just uh, sit down real cool-like and smoked a doobie and 
didn't look so at the cat and it went away. That's one of your favorite spots up there? I've, I don't think I've ever been up there. Well, yeah. probably in Estes Park. I've only been there once and it wasn't very deep. This is about just part of just a little ways out of lines from Estes Park. Did you use to rock climb or anything? No, no. I, I, that's just for an adrenaline kick anyhow. Yeah. I mean, what it does, it frees your mind of any other part. thing, especially the internal dialogue. Sure. You're so you're so concerned and in, 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 in intensely concerned with the right now, with the here and now, because it means life or death. It's 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 it's, it's, it's not as it's different in the spiritual experience. I don't know. Maybe it's not. But uh, I get mine from uh, just living life. I guess to the best that I can. Yeah. I always like to feel whenever I finish doing anything, there's a job well done. Or a sense of accomplishment. If you don't feel that, there's something wrong. Work done as an end to work done as a means to an end is not a very high quality. <laughs> so I think you should do everything. In fact, uh, when I speak, I, I, my words come from my heart. Good. It's the only way I can do it. And. Uh, the hardest thing for me, being a Westerner, I suppose, is being uh, quiet myself down and doing meditation. Of course, for me, first comes concentration. That's when you have a... The Catholics have a rosary. The Hindus have a mantra. And I forget what the, the Buddhists have. And they concentrate on that, so at least their thoughts aren't running all over the place. They bring them all together in one concentration of something that's holy to them. But even for meditation, even that has to go. Meditation is when your mind becomes so steady and quiet that all worldly chatter is gone. Do you meditate a lot? Not, not too much. I do meditation in action. Okay. But here's something for you as far as meditation. This is from the Christian Yoga Song of God. Okay. There is a yoga of constant oneness a communion which is ever one but your mind is inconstant in its restlessness you cannot find rest your mind is restless impetuous self-willed hard to train why to master your mind seems just as difficult as to master the mighty winds but by constantly practicing the quietude of your mind and freedom from passions your mind in truth can be trained now, when your mind is not in harmony and out of tune, this divine communion is very difficult, if not impossible, to attain. But when your mind is in harmony and in tune, it can be attained if you know and if you strive. And now perhaps you may ask yourself, but if I strive and fail and reach not the heights of yoga, what then shall befall me? Far from earth and far from heaven, wandering on the pathless winds, shall I vanish like a cloud into thin air, not having found the path of God. Fear not, you are on the road to freedom. Neither in this world nor the world to come shall you ever pass away. For when you do the good, you never tread the path of death. But you shall dwell for innumerable years in the heaven of those who have done good. And then because you failed in yoga, you are born again 
in the house of the good and the great. And you begin your new life with the wisdom of a former life. And you begin to strive again, ever onwards, towards perfection. For your former yearning and struggle irresistibly carry you onwards. And even if you merely yearn for yoga, you go beyond the words of books. And thus, ever striving, and with your soul cleansed of all impurities, you attain perfection through many lives and reach the goal supreme. So become a Christian yogi, for then you go beyond those who only follow the path of words or silence or of work. And you can be a great Christian yogi if you just love God with all your heart and soul. Amen, may it be so. Now that's the definition for amen in Greek, may it be so. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how they define it? Emotions. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) in, In Greek, emotions mean disturbed. So anytime you're in an emotional state, you're off, you're out of whack, you're out of tune, you're disturbed, right? Yeah. No matter what it's for. And the word enthusiasm in Greek meant God. Well, you can tell the difference without even knowing none of that. Just by the sound of enthusiasm, it's a higher tone word than excitement. So you get excited when you see your favorite ball player hit a home run. It's, it's at the right pitch. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, so if you're truly enthused about something with all your heart and soul, mm-hmm. then you become possessed by God. That's because I can't you put get my possessed. Possessed, yeah. Taken over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You let him take over. You don't think about nothing. Then, if the caveman would have thought about what he's going to do when he saw the lion, he got ate up. They didn't think; they just knew what to do. Thinking is confusion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Man, that's great. You know, what's absolutely necessary is to really realize that the ego is a terrible tyrant. We must persevere ceaselessly and tirelessly to dethrone that demon. Egoism, complacence, self-importance makes you heavy, clumsy, and dull. And the more egoic, complacent, and self-important you are, the heavier and the clumsier and the duller you are. Wow. Now, the derivative of the ego is the internal dialogue, which the ego's most important ally. The, the derivative of the ego is the internal dialogue. The, most, the, the ego's most important ally is the internal dialogue. And uh, Eckhart Tolle, in his brilliant masterpiece, The Power of Now, depicts the internal dialogue as that voice in your head that pretends to be you and never shuts up. In my own experience, the internal dialogue just goes on and on and on and on. Does it nag? In an endless blather <laughs> of nonsensical, inconsequential, valuable bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> in my yeah. own case, I haven't been able to turn off the internal dialogue entirely and altogether. But I have reached a point where I can turn it off it will until it returns again of its own accord. That's the best I can do at the present time. But I figure like this. If I ignore the damn thing, if I don't pay any attention to it, if I ignore it, don't pay any attention to it, if I'm not attached to the internal dialogue, then at least I can deal with it. Oh, what a glorious day that will be. Hallelujah. Praise be to the Holy One. <coughs> now, 
we have two minds, the human mind and the wandering mind. The, you know, the shining mind and the human wandering mind. The brighter the shining mind shines, the more enlightened it becomes. The more the human wandering mind wanders, the more confused and mixed up it becomes. <laughs> now here's something that's absolutely, totally a must. You can't just know or recognize, but you have to really know, have the realization that there's no such a thing as time. Time is a human concoction. Time is an, an illusion. Time has no validity as far as the universe is concerned. Yesterday's today's memory, tomorrow's today's dream. They don't exist. Well, they do exist, but only in the conventional world. So if you're reminiscing about the past or dreaming about the future, how the hell are you going to be in the here and now at the same time? You can't. Please remember and never forget that so long as you're attached to the internal dialogue, you can never enter the kingdom of light. And why not? Because non-attachment to the internal dialogue is the golden key that unlocks the gates to the kingdom of God where you attain spiritual illumination and dwell forevermore in eternal bliss with the peace that passes all understanding, the equivalent of nirvana in Buddhism or of samadhi in Hinduism, if I said that right. Now put that in your pipe and smoke it. Wow, man, this is awesome. <laughs> I see. don't know where this is coming from. <laughs> this is crazy. I love it, man. Thanks oh, yeah. a lot for sharing this with yeah. us. <laughs> it's it's wild. It's my wild. pleasure. I sure. like I like listening to us speak because right. it makes you think a lot. It's very sweet, very sweet. I'll tell you what. Let's take another really quick break. And uh, I'm going to need to get another drink real quick. I'm going to flip the tapes. We're going to be right back. If anybody wants to call in and chat. Did I tell you why I didn't? Friendly, go crazy. We'll hey, call your buddy right after this break. Okay? Your buddy. I forgot to tell you the reason I don't join him in the beer. Did I tell you I was an yeah. baby? I told you yeah. that in the air. That's pretty scary, man. I already said I'm that. I'm kind man. of the same way with beer. If I stopped, I'd have to pretty much cold drink. I wouldn't know how to do that. I just, I drink light beer a lot. I have to abstain. I don't drink. King Solomon said wine is. Don't get in the shots, though. In some ways, it's either in Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. There's no way. What's that? King Solomon. Yeah? They say David wrote songs, but I don't know. Anyway, Proverbs, but anyway, it's in Proverbs. I'm sure it's King Solomon. He said, uh, wine is the mocker. And strong drink is raging, and anyone who is deceived thereof is not wise. I can testify to that. Wow. Yeah. So we taking a break now? Let's take a break, man. Thank you so much again for coming. We'll be right back. I am what I am. I have no choice. God bless me with a golden voice. I'm the hole in the flute that the holy breath flows through. Listen to the music of the spoken word. And now it is with much delight that I speak to you tonight regarding God.
the brotherhood and sisterhood of life. It was much <clears throat> it is with much delight that I speak to you tonight concerning life, the brotherhood and sisterhood of life. The universal God is one, yet it is more than one. All things are God, all things are one. Why by the sweet breath of God all life is bound in one, so if you touch a fiber of a living thing, you send a thrill from center to the outer bounds of life. Now the bird sings out its song for us, and we vibrate in unison to help it sing. The ant constructs its home, the bee its sheltering comb, the spider weaves its web, and flowers breathes them a power in their sweet perfume that gives them strength to toil. Now man and woman and birds and beasts and creeping things are deities, gods made flesh. And except for survival, and only then with the greatest reverence, how dare we humans kill anything? Why, it is cruelty that makes the world go wrong. And when we learn that when we harm a living thing, we harm ourselves, we surely will not wantonly kill nor cause a thing that God has made to suffer pain. Now the question just might be arising in your minds. Where is this God you talk about? Where are its churches, its temples, and its shrines? And I must reply, well, the God I speak about is omnipresent and everywhere. It cannot be surrounded by walls or encompassed by borders or boundaries of any kind. And it seems to me that almost all, if not all, peoples worship God the one. Yet, we do not all see God alike. Some see the Holy One as the God of might. Others as the God of thought. And still others as the God of wisdom and love. And all religions are different paths to the same God. And they all call God by different names. The Chinese call the divine principle of the universe the Tao, which means the way. The Hindus have various and many, many names for God. The Hebrews of the Old Testament call God Jehovah and some Yahweh. The Buddhists don't even really have a God. The word is never mentioned in Buddhist religions, really. But anyway, Buddhists don't have a God. The Christians say God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. The Muslims worship Allah. And the American Indians call God Big Holy and the Great Spirit. But everywhere on this grand, magnificent, awesome planet Earth, which we humans are turning into a lugubrious, sad, and gloomy ball, everywhere God is the beginningless and endless, causeless cause, the rootless root from which all things have grown. And of this you can be sure absolutely sure. God lives not in the noise of preachers, ministers, priests, and theologians' tongues. There is no way to God through verbal noise of any kind. For God's meeting place with you is in your heart. And in a still, small voice, God speaks. And when you really hear, you will be still. And if anyone should care to ask me, teach us to know the Holy One who speaks within our hearts in a still, small voice, then my answer is that in the strictest sense, no mortal being 
However holy can teach you to know the Holy One who speaks within your hearts in a still small voice. Why, if Gautama Buddha, Jesus the Christ, Mohammed, Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormons, Black Elk, the great Indian uh, medicine man or holy man, and uh, Ramakrishna, the great Hindu saint, they all would have been contemporaries and met. They couldn't tell each other how they became enlightened. How the hell are they going to tell us? you got to do that for yourself. Becoming By becoming acquainted with the beautiful person you already are, you're a God self. Then you no longer lie, steal, cheat, deceive, or slander. You'll be filled with love, integrity, have a pure heart, and speak the truth. And this too you can be sure, positively and absolutely sure. The Holy One cannot be seen with mortal eyes, but in God's image you were made. And when you look into the face of one another, you are looking at the image of the God who dwells within your hearts. And when you honor one another, you honor God. And what you do for one another, you do for God. And you should always bear in mind that when you harm in thought or word or deed another one, you do a wrong to God. So, if you would serve the God who dwells within your heart, just serve your neighbor, your relative, or your best friend. And those who are not your neighbor, your relative, or your best friend, but the stranger who knocks at your door and your worst enemy who seeks to do you harm. Assist the poor and help the weak. Do harm to none and never wish for that which is not yours. Then with your tongue the Holy One will speak and will smile behind your tears will light your countenance with joy and fill your hearts with peace. Now I'm hitting my groove. This is he who fell by foes, sprung harmless up, refreshed by blows. He to captivity was sold, him no prison bars could hold. Though they sealed him in a rock, mountain chains he could unlock. Thrown to lions for their meat, the crouching lions kissed his feet. Bound to the stake, no flames appalled, but surrounded him with an honoring boat. This is he men miscall fate, treading dark ways, arriving late, but always coming in time to crown the truth and hurl wrongdoers down. He is the oldest and best known, more near than anything you call your own, yet greeted in the gleam of another's eyes, disconcerts with glad surprise. This is the Holy One who deaf to prayers floods with blessings unawares. Draw, if you can, the mystic line severing and separating gods from thine, which is human, which divine. Okay, we're back live here, Boulder, Colorado. We got Reverend Friendly in the studio. We're having a great time. This is this is a trip, man. 
It's good to it's good to have you in the studio. How you how you doing over there, man? Fantastic. You know, there's a newspaper reporter, Pick that a good sucker. friend of mine also, yeah. Vincent DiMarco. He did a story in the name, it's entitled Where Have All the Poets Gone? Now, the words I'm about to share with you are being spoken from my heart. So listen with your hearts and enjoy and absorb them. Slack and sleeping senses must be addressed with thunder and heavenly fireworks, but the voice of beauty speaks gently and creeps only in to the most awakened souls. Now the story I'm about to share with you, the moral of it is, so caution to the winds and live dangerously. It's better to be a lion for a day than a sheep for life. Now there was a beautiful and fragrant violet who lived placidly amongst her friends and swayed happily amidst the other flowers in a solitary garden. One morning as her crown was embellished with beads of dew, she lifted her head and looked about. She saw a tall and handsome rose standing proudly and reaching high into space like a burning torch upon an emerald lap. The violet opened her blue lips and said, What an unfortunate am I among these flowers, and how humble is the position I occupy in their presence. Nature has fashioned me to be short and poor. I live very close to the earth and cannot raise my head towards the blue skies nor turn my face to the sun as the roses do. And the rose heard her neighbor's words. She laughed and commented, How strange is your talk! You are fortunate that you do not understand your good fortune. Nature has bestowed upon you fragrance and beauty, which she has granted but to a very few others. Cast aside your thoughts and be contented, and remember that whoever humbles himself shall be exalted, and whoever exalts himself shall be crushed. The violet answered, You are consoling me, for you have that which I crave. You seek to embitter me with the meaning that you are great. How painful is the preaching of the fortunate to the heart of the miserable. How severe are the strong when they stand as advisor among the weak. And nature heard the conversation of the violet and rose. She approached and said, What has happened to you, my daughter Violet? You have been sweet and kind in all your deeds and acts. Has greed entered your heart and numbed your senses? In a pleading voice, the violet answered her, O oh, great and merciful mother, full of love and sympathy, I beg you with all my heart and soul to grant my request and allow me to be a tall and proud rose from one day. Nature responded, Why, you know not what you are seeking. You are unaware of the concealed disaster behind your blind ambition. If you were a rose, you would be sorry, and repentance would avail you nothing. The violet answered, Turn me into a tall rose, for I wish to lift my head high with pride, and regardless of my fate, it will be my own doing. Nature yielded, O ignorant and rebellious violet, I shall grant your request, but if calamity befalls you, your complaint must be to yourself. And nature stretched forth 
her mysterious and magic fingers and touched the roots of the violet who immediately turned into a tall rose rising above all the flowers in the garden. Now at evening time the sky became thick with black clouds and raging elements disturbed the silence of existence with thunder and commenced to attack the garden. Well, it was a terrible storm. It tore the branches loose from the trees, broke the stems of the salt flowers, and spared only the little ones who grew close to the friendly earth. Now that solitary garden suffered greatly from the belligerent skies. And when the storm had calmed and the skies had cleared, while well, all the flowers were laid waste, and none of them had escaped the wrath of nature except the clan of small violets hiding by the wall of the garden. Now having lifted her head and viewed the tragedy of the fallen flowers and trees, one of the violet maidens smiled happily and called to her companion, saying, See what the storm has done to the hardy flowers. Another violet said, We are small and live close to the earth, but we are safe from the wrath of the skies. And the third one added, Because we are poor in height, the worst of all storms is unable to subdue us. At that moment, the queen of the violets saw at her side a converted violet hurled to earth by the storm and distorted upon the wet grass like a limp soldier in a battlefield. The queen of the violets lifted her head and called to her family, saying, Look, my daughters, and meditate upon that which greed has done to the violet who became a proud rose for one day. Let the memory of this scene be a reminder of your good fortune. The dying rose gathered together the remnants of her ebbing strength and quietly said, bravely said, you are contented in meek dullards. I have never feared the most terrible of all storms. Yesterday I too was satisfied and contented with life, but contentment has acted as a barrier between my existence and the tempest of life, confining me to a sickly and sluggish peace and tranquility of mind. Well, I could have lived the life you are living now by clinging with fear to the earth. I could have waited for winter to shroud me with snow and deliver me to death, who will surely claim all violets. I am happy now, for I have probed outside my little world into the mystery of the universe, something which you have not yet done. Well, I could have overlooked ambition, whose nature is higher than mine, but as I paid very close and apt attention to the silence of the night, I heard the heavenly world whispering to this earthly world, Ambition beyond existence is the essential purpose of our being. At that moment my spirit revolted and my heart longed for a position higher than my limited existence. I realized that the abyss cannot hear the song of the stars. At that moment I commenced fighting against my smallness and craving for that which did not belong to me till my rebelliousness turned into a great power and my longing into a creating will. Nature, who is the great object of our deepest dreams, granted my request and turned me into a rose with her magic fingers. The dying rose was silent for a moment and in a weakening voice 
mingled with pride and achievements, he said, I have lived for one day as a proud rose. I have existed for a time like a queen. I have looked at the universe from behind the eyes of the rose. I have heard the whisper of the firmament through the ears of the rose and touched the folds of life's garment with rose petals. Is there any here who can claim such honor? Having thus spoken, she lowered her head and with a choking voice gasped, I shall die now, for my soul has attained its goal. I have finally extended my knowledge to a world beyond the narrow cavern of my birth. This is the secret of existence. This is the design of life. Then the rose quivered and slowly folded her petals and breathed her last with a heavenly smile upon her lips, a smile of fulfillment, of hope and purpose in life, a smile of victory, a God's smile. Yeah, back here live, Boulder, Colorado, in the studio with Reverend Friendly. What's up, dude? This is great. Ain't nothing to do it for a step. Oh, yeah. Well, Claude, you had I just be careful not to step on the ants. They like to live, too. <laughs> Hold that, like, right by your right by your chin. It'll be awesome. Stoked. And what's up to, to Danny in Second Life, hanging out with us? I don't know if he's, uh... If he, if he might want to call in and ask Reverend Friendly anything that might come up, who knows? But the number is three zero three eight hundred four Bud. Yeah. And uh, who you got in the studio tonight, man? Oh, we got uh, my uh, spiritual buddy Richard. He's the laughing monk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's also he's Angela Martin's. Spiritual companion and Angela Martin is my uh, guardian angel. She's going to be with us one of these days to sing. Nice. How's it going, man? Great. Good. It's good to see you. Yeah. We're doing it here live with Reverend Friendly. And let me just give a big shout out and a big Oblivion beer update. I think I'm at about five beers or so. And thanks to the Geons for sponsoring the show and, well, giving me a nice donation on the site. I turn it into a sponsor on the show, and I buy beer with it for myself, and for and coffee, mm-hmm. right? Anything. What do you like to drink, man? I'm just a water guy. <laughs> <laughs> that works too, yeah. right? I'm all about it. Cool. Here with Reverend Friendly. Thanks for stopping by, man. It's good to yeah. see you. Thank you. Glad to be here. And on my honor. I've seen you around town. Where can people find you at, like around town? Because I've seen you around, and, and where are you hanging out at these uh, days? I hang out at home mostly. That's <laughs> 710 Mohawk Drive, apartment 6. Telephone number is 303 I enjoy the company. I'm a social being, gregarious nice. in my very nature. So, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 73. I'll be 74 March 22nd. Wow. I'm Aries the Ram, a chieftain who must lead, oh. not follow. Their only lack is self-control. Without it, they are hollow. Love it, man. 
Ask me a question, I'll try to answer for you. Wow. Well, it, you know what's been bugging me is like, is like if if uh, how how important is religion to you? Well, real religion. In your life. Real religion. Do you worship? I, uh, in fact, I use the word. I, don't know. I use the word uh, uh, spiritual more because it doesn't have the connotations of conventional Christianity. Okay. True religion is great, but uh, I think religion is a private affair. Whatever you believe is your business. I got no right to tell you you shouldn't believe like me because I believe this way or you believe that way. And if you don't believe in me, but I say you're fucked. I mean, uh, it just don't work that so, way. I well, mean, let me ask you something: Is what's going on with uh, with uh, overseas in uh, was it Jerusalem or something? Ask, ask, ask Richard. We started that. I don't pay no attention to that stuff. Oh boy! So, like, is that like? Uh, that's what I was wondering. Is that like a religious thing, like beliefs and stuff? Yeah, it goes way back in history to the yeah. Old Testament. Uh, the Jews sort of have their the Bible, you know, the Old Testament. There are five pen, five books of the Pentateuch, okay. and that's their version of what happened with uh, Abraham, who's the patriarch of the Jewish religion. He's also the patriarch of the Muslim religion. Okay. And so it's huh. all historical. Weird. You know, I mean, most of it's written down in the Bible. The, I don't know that the, the Arabs have their uh, Quran, which was written much later, was written uh, by Muhammad after. After the life of Christ, Very interesting. And so they were sort of rewrote, you know, wrote, it, wrote what happened. So how how smart the were the people back when they started? Well, it's like when the when Christ was born. How smart were they? How were how smart were people back then? They probably were smarter than we are today because they had less distractions. They just started time, basically. Well, it's coming from one. It's one person who was smart enough to discover time and said, "Here's a here's a kid being born. Let's start time with this kid, right?" Time wasn't discovered; it was concocted by human beings. Do you, do you think do you think over the years like that might have got like warped as far as like what how happened? it's been? What is happens that? is a great prophet comes along, like Jesus or Mohammed or Buddha, yeah, and. They're on time, or they're completely awakened beings. But then the followers, when they when they die, the disciples and the followers take over. It gets in the hands of the many and goes to hell. <laughs> yeah. So are these? I mean, talking like okay, and what Jesus like walked on water? Something. I mean, these are like people who were <laughs> superhuman or something. Like what's? Well, I don't know like, about walking on water. I don't know. <laughs> You think there was any mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Moses might have been uh, eating some kind of <laughs> plant or something in the desert there when he saw that burning bush. <laughs> it's not a, he ate I'm a cactus he, or something. It doesn't have to be, but there's a good chance of it, I'm pretty sure. Very cool. Actually, Moses wasn't the man of his day. Aaron was the man of his day. God told he ate Moses told God, God, I have a speech deficiency, a speech impediment or whatever it was, and I can't talk very good. So he said, well, let Aaron be the talker. (laughs) But uh, as far as religion is concerned, I've never been very uh, excited or enthused about uh, 
conventional religion. That's really cool, man. There's one core really thought in cool. all the religions, and that is that, that uh, God lives not in the noise. That's noisy. wild. There's one yeah. thought in religion that bears also, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. In the Holy Quran it says, I was as a gem concealed, me my burning ray revealed. And you are your own God. At your footsteps have trod. And no one can save you from error or sin. No, no one can. Not until you have listened to and become well acquainted with the Holy Spirit within. All religions teach that you have a divinity within you. And the, the, the whole spiritual trip is to become acquainted. Once you become acquainted with who you really are, then you can't do anything wrong. You live a righteous That's life. That's so sweet. Good, man. That's cool. What do you think of these conventional religious pastors and stuff? I don't know. Well, I I got a philosophy. I got nothing good to say. I don't say nothing at all. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> man, I just... I, 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 I love your role, man. You just... You're, you're a great person, man. It's so cool. It's so good to meet you, man. Thanks for thanks for coming by the studio, dude. Well, my my pleasure. I can't wait sure. to see you around town in Boulder. <laughs> you 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 often do just uh, you ha- you go out with a thing around your neck or something. Oh, yeah. What's that about? Well, I just go around. Yes, uh, I am Reverend Bentley. Hold that mic up. I used to go around in my drinking days and I have a sign hanging on my neck. I'm Reverend Finley. Yeah. I'm a poet and I know it. I heard my bed be reciting your poem off the top of my head. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I big letters. And just start around. talking. Okay, <laughs> man. Yeah. Woo. Tripping out. J. Von D. Radio. I love this guy. I'm so stoked he came by. Thanks for coming in. And uh, I love seeing you around town, oh, uh, especially how, how at Johnny's. That was so funny. <laughs> tribute to the American Indians. How about closing with yes. this? Yes. Let's close out with that. But we just want to say goodbye to everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And especially, let's do one more one more beer update with the uh, Oblivion beer update about six beers. Thank you to the Gions for donating on the site. Yes. Party down. Thanks for sticking around. We're going to do the after party. Namaste, the divine in me recognizes and salutes the divine in you. And here's the Indian prayer. It's by by an unknown Indian. And uh, so we just (laughs) say chief anonymity. Oh, great spirit, whose voice I hear in the wind, and whose breath gives life to all the world. Hear me, I am small and weak, I need your strength and wisdom. Let me walk in beauty and let my eyes always behold the morning sunrise and the evening sunset. Make my hands respect the things you have made and my ears sharp to hear your voice. Help me to learn the secrets you have hidden in every leaf and rock. I seek strength not to be greater than my brothers and sisters but to fight my worst enemy, myself. Make me always come to you with clean hands and straight eyes, so that when life fades as the fading sunset, my spirit may come to you without shame. I'd say amen, but I doubt the Indians knew what amen meant.
Yeah! Reverend Friendly kicks ass! Yeah! We're, we, we just took it out live, basically. But we're going to be hanging out here. If he wants to roll some streaming stuff, I'm all about it. How you doing, Rev? You yeah, the stuff? Rev. You feel like you're okay? Yeah, a little bit. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do some more crazy Reverend Friendly stuff. Yes, I'm all about it. Yes. Stick around. going on here? Boulder, Colorado. What's up? Is this crazy or what? Yeah. <laughs> Reverend Friendly in the house. Here we are. Oh yeah. Gotta get up close on this microphone. What's up, dude? How's it going? <laughs> yeah, what do you think, man? What's going on in the world today? We're This is out of control. We've been doing a lot of, uh, we've been hanging out and talking about crazy stuff tonight. How you doing, Mr. Reverend Friendly? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And your buddy here, which the laughing monk, yeah, Richard. Richard. Yes! Okay. Laughing the world lasts with you. Crying, you cry alone. So if you want to pout, okay. stay your ass at home. Richard, what's up, dude? Oh. <laughs> uh, not too much. Just hanging out here. Yeah, nice night. Having, yeah, this is fun cool. I'm so I'm so glad you guys came by. Thank yeah. you so much right. for stopping by. It's so good to be partying with you in the studio, and we have definitely been partying. And man, it's good to see you, Reverend. Would Fred, you like me to display wow. a few of my wares? Uh, sure, man. If you want to go, if you want to go off, I'm all about it, dude. Where have all the poets gone? Come over here. Where have all the poets gone? I lost the headphones. Oh, yeah. Kill them. Oh, Chocolate. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> we're working on You're this. Good. You're good. Now we're going to continue here, huh? Yeah. Where have all the poets gone? Now, the words I'm about to share with you are being spoken from my heart. So listen with your hearts and enjoy and absorb them. I am who I am, I have no choice. God bless me with a golden voice. I'm the hole in the flute that the holy breath flows through. Listen to the music of the spoken word. I hear much talk of God in the world today. Now just what shall I say of God and who is the Holy One in great truth? My beloved friends, think now of a heart. It contains all your hearts. A love that encompasses all your loves. A spirit that envelops all your spirits. A voice enfolding all your voices. And a silence deeper than all your silences and timeless. Seek now to perceive in your selffulness a beauty more enchanting than all things beautiful. A song more vast than all the songs of the sea and the forest. A majesty seated upon a throne for which that compilation of stars in the sky you call the Milky Way is but a footstool. 
holding a scepter, the emblem of authority, which the largest constellation of stars in the sky are nothing save the glimmer of dewdrops. You sought always only food and shelter and trivialities of this world. Seek now one who is not only a personal God to answer your personal prayers, nor a shelter to shield you from the elements. And if my words are a confusing riddle, then seek nonetheless that your hearts may be broken and that your questionings may lead you on to the love and the wisdom of the Most High, whom we call God. And if you are perplexed in your hearts, so what? Just remember that perplexity is the beginning of wisdom. You would rise in your imagination unto the heavens above, and you consider this a great height. And you would pass over the vast sea and claim it to be distance. But I say unto you, when you sow a seed in the earth, you reach a greater height. And when you hail the beauty of the morning to your neighbor, you cross a greater sea. Too often do you sing God the infinite, yet you hear not the song. Would that you might listen to the songbirds and to the leaf that blows in the Would that you might listen to the songbirds and to the leaves to the leaves that forsake the branch when the wind passes by. And forget not, my friends, that the leaves sing only when they are separated from the branch. Again, I bid you to speak not so freely of God, who is your all, but speak rather and understand one another, a neighbor unto a neighbor, a God unto a God. But it is only when you are lost in your smaller selves that you seek the sky which you call God, with that you might find paths into your vast selves, with that you might be less idle and tend to your garden in your own backyard. My friends, it would be far wiser to speak less of God whom we cannot understand and more of each other whom we may understand. Yet I would have you know where the fragrance and breath of God we are God in leaf, in flower, and oftentimes in fruit. And now I'd like to speak to you of being. Just what is it to be? Why, to be is to be wise, though not a stranger to the foolish. It is to be strong, but not to the undoing of the weak. To play with young children, not as fathers and mothers, but rather as playmates who would learn their games. To be simple and guileless with old men and women and to sit with them in the shade of the ancient oak trees though you are still walking with spring. To seek a poet though he or she may live beyond the seven rivers and to be at peace in their presence, nothing doubting, nothing wanting, and with no question upon your lips. To know that the saint and the sinner are twin brothers, whose father is our gracious king, and that the one was born but the moment before the other, therefore we regard him as the crown prince. To follow beauty, even when she shall lead you to the verge of the precipice, and though she is winged and you are wingless, and though she shall pass beyond the verge, follow her, for where beauty is not, there is nothing 
Where beauty is not, there is nothing. To be a garden without walls, a vineyard without a guardian, and a treasure house forever open to the passers-by. To be robbed, cheated, deceived, or yes, misled and trapped, and then mocked, yet with it all, to look down from the height of your larger self and smile. Knowing that there is a spring that will come to your garden to dance in your leaves and an autumn to ripen your grapes. Knowing that if one of your windows is open to the east, you shall never be empty. Knowing that all those condemned as wrongdoers and robbers, cheaters and deceivers, are your brothers and sisters in need, and that you are perchance all of these in the eyes of the blessed inhabitants of that city invisible above this city. And now to you also, whose hands fashion and find all things that are needful for the comfort of our days and our nights. To be is to be a weaver with seeing fingers, a builder who is mindful of light and space, to be a farmer and feel that you are hiding a treasure with every seed you sow. To be a fisherman and a hunter with a pity for the fish and the beast, yet a still greater pity for the hunger and the need of man and woman. And above all I say this, I would have you partners, each and every one, to the purpose of every man and woman, for only so shall you attain your own good purpose. My friends, be bold just as well as meek. Be spacious and not confined. And until my final hour and yours, be indeed your greater selves, your God selves. And now, very shortly, we shall part. You shall go your way, and I shall go mine. And though vast seas and great distances of land may separate us, still we shall be together upon our journey to the holy mountain. But before we go our severed and separate ways, I would give to you of the gleaning and the wisdom of my heart. Tell a lovely truth in little words, but never an ugly truth in any words. Tell the young lady whose hair shines in the sun that she is the daughter of the morning. But if you shall behold the critic and the fault finder, say not to them that they are one with night. Listen to the singers sing their song as you would listen to the birds singing. And I would have you remember this of me. I teach you not only silence, but just as well a song that is not too loud. I teach you not yielding, but understanding with a smile upon your lips. I teach you your God selves, which contains this entire universe and every being that dwells in it. Amen. May it be so. Hey, could we, could we view one of these, maybe? Yeah. Live here. Mulder, Colorado. Reverend Friendly. Dude, nice. Fucking awesome. Yes. <laughs> by the way, uh, I'm all about it. By the way, there, uh, 
Nice okay. move. By the way, dear team, your sex life isn't satisfactory. I hope we improve you soon. Thanks. What was that, Tuna? What was that? What I just said? Yeah. Get up, get, get if your up. sex life isn't satisfactory, I hope it improves real soon. Thanks, dude. Yeah. And I hope yours does too. You're the best. Wow, that's that is that like is that like my praise of the night? Hey, of, you from you, the should reverend I, to me is like I tell that one Hope joke? your sex life improves. Thanks. Should I tell that yes. one Yes. Should I tell that one story joke that I told the other night? Sure, man. All right, you ready? Are we going to do it? If anybody wants to call in 303-800-4BUD, we're, we're here. We're partying. Uh, we're going to do some more reverend friendly. I'm going to grab a beer, so I hope you don't mind. Just give it a sec, and I'll walk in front of you to go grab a beer and then go off like crazy. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. All right. Green screen. Excuse me. Holy shit. I'm going to call in. This is Reverend Finley. Call in now. Making music with a spoken word. Call in if you like. Where do they call? 303 800 BUD. 303 800 BUD. For what? For BUD. Yeah, you tell them. 303 800 BUD. Call in now. <laughs> I am a stranger in this world, and there is a severe solitude and a painful lonesomeness in my exile. I am alone, but in my aloneness I contemplate an unknown and enchanting country. And this meditation fills my dreams with visions of a great and distant land which my eyes have never seen. I am a stranger among my people and I have no friends. When I see a person I say within myself, who are they? And in what manner do I know them, and why are they here, and what law joins me with them? I am a stranger to myself, and when I hear my tongue speak, my ears wander over my voice. I see my inner self smiling, crying, braving, and my substance wanders over my Soul, my soul interrogates my heart, but I remain unknown, engulfed by tremendous silence. My thoughts are strangers to my body, and as I stand before the mirror, I see something in my face which my soul does not see, and I find in my eyes what my inner self does not find. When I walk vacant eyed through the streets of the clamorous city, the children follow me, shouting, he is a blind man. Let us give him a walking cane to feel his way in. When I run from them, I meet with a group of maidens. And they clasp the edge of my garment, saying, He is deaf like the rock. Let us fill his ears with the music of love. And when I flee from them, a song of aged people point at me with trembling fingers and say mockingly, He is a madman lost his mind in the world of genie and goes. I'm a stranger in this world and I have roamed the universe from end to end but I could not find a place to rest my head nor did I know any human 
I confronted. Neither an individual would pay apt attention to my mind. When I open my sleepless eyes at dawn, I find myself imprisoned in a dark cave, upon whose ceiling hang the insects, upon whose floor crawl the vipers. When I go out to meet the light, the shadow of my body follows me, but the shadow of my spirit precedes me and leads the way to an unknown place, seeking things beyond my understanding, grasping objects that are meaningless to me. In evening time I return and lie upon my bed made of soft feathers and lined with thorns, and I contemplate and feel the troublesome and happy desires and sense the painful and joyous hopes. At midnight, the ghosts of the past ages and the spirits of the forgotten civilization creep through the crevices of the cave to visit me. I stare at them and they gaze upon me. I talk to them and they answer me smilingly. Then I endeavor to clutch them, but they sift through my fingers and vanish like the mist which rests upon the lake. I am a stranger in this world, and there is no one in the universe who understands the language I speak. Patterns of bizarre remembrance form suddenly in my mind, and my eyes bring forth clear images and ghosts. I watch the streamlets running fast up and up from the tops of the valleys to the tops of the mountains. I see the naked trees blooming and bearing fruit and shedding their leaves in one instant. Then I see the branches fall and turn into speckled snakes. I see the birds hovering above, singing and wailing, and then they stop and open their wings and turn into long draped maidens with long hair, looking at me from behind luminous and infatuated eyes, smiling at me with full lips soaked with honey, stretching their scented hands towards me. Then they ascend and disappear from my sight like phantoms, leaving in the firmament the resounding echo of their taunts and mocking laughter. I am a stranger in this world. I am a poet who composes what life proses and who proses what life composes. For this reason, I am a stranger, and I shall remain a stranger until the white and friendly wings of time carry me home into my beautiful country. There where light and peace and understanding abide, I will await the other strangers who will be rescued by the friendly trap of time from this narrow, dark world. As long as I'm in my groove, I might as well do another one, huh? Dude, it's awesome, man. Yeah, do it up, man. I love it. Night spread its wings over the city, and the snow closed with a garment. The cold drove men from the marketplaces to take refuge in their dwellings. The wind rose sighing among the houses like a mourner who stands amidst tombstones lamenting the dead. Now in the outskirts of that city was an old house 
with crumbling walls on which the way of the snows lay so it was near falling. And in the corner of that house, in a broken down bed, lay a dying man who watched the feeble light of a lamp battling with the darkness. He was a youth in the springtime of life who knew that the hour of his deliverance from the bonds of existence was at hand. So was he awaiting death's coming. On his wan features was the light of hope, and upon his lips a sad smile. A poet he was who had come to rejoice the hearts of men with his beautiful sayings. Now he lay dying of hunger in the city as the living and the rich, a noble spirit who had descended by the grace of the gods to render life sweet, was now bidding farewell to our world before humankind had smiled on that spirit. He was drawing his last breath, and there was none by his side save the lamp, which was his companion in his aloneness, and scraps of paper on which were images to his gentle spirit. The dying youth gathered together the remnants of his ebbing strength. He raised his hands heavenward and moved his withered eyelids as though his departing sight would pierce the roof of that broken-down hut so he might look on the stars beyond the clouds. And he said, Come now, fair death, for my spirit yearns toward you. Come near and loosen the fetters of matter, for I am become weary of their dragging. Come then, sweet death, and deliver me from men who reckon me a stranger in their midst because I did speak the tongue of the angels in the language of humankind. Hasten, for men have rejected me and cast me into the corners of forgetfulness, for I coveted not wealth as did they, nor profited from him who is weaker than I. Then at the bedside of that dying youth stood the image of a woman of unearthly beauty. She was clothed in a garment just as white as snow, in her hands was a crown of lilies from heavenly valleys. She drew near to him and embraced him and closed his eyes that he might behold her with the eyes of his spirit. She kissed his lips with a kiss of love, a kiss that left upon his lips a smile of fulfillment. At that moment, the heart became empty, save of earth and pieces of paper scattered in dark corners. The ages passed, people of that city remained in a stupor of ignorance and darkness. When they woke therefrom and their eyes beheld the dawn of knowledge, where they set up in the center of that town a great statue to the poet, and at an appointed time each year they held a great festival in his honor. How foolish are men. Now I'll close the little thing, a couple of little things of Shakespeare. Nice. All right. Tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Our out-brief candle lights with a walking shadow, a poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is no more. Life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury 
signifying nothing. Now, if great men could thunder as the God Jove himself does, the God Jove would never be quiet. For every pelting, petty officer would use his heaven for thunder, nothing but thunder. Man, proud man, dressed in a little brief authority, most ignorant of what he is most assured. His glassy essence, like an angry ape, plays such fantastic tricks upon high heaven as make the angels weep. With our spleens, would they themselves laugh mortally. I'll close with Voltaire. I am a puny part of the great whole. Yes, but all animals condemned to live, all sentient things born by the same stern law, suffer like me, and like me also die. The vulture fastens on his timid prey and stabs with bloody beak the quivering limbs. All is well, it seems, for it, but in a while the eagle turns the vulture into threads. The evil is transfixed by shafts of man. The man, prone in the dust of battlefields, mingling his blood with dying fellow men, becomes in turn the food of ravenous birds. Thus, the whole world and every member groans, all born to torment and to mutual death. And over this ghastly chaos, you would say, the ills of each make up the good of all. What blessedness! And as with quaking voice, mortal and pitiful you cry, all is well. The universe belies you, and your heart refutes 100 times your mind's conceit. What is the verdict of the vastest mind? Silence. The book of fate is closed to us. Man is a stranger to his own research. He knows not where from he comes, nor where he goes. Tormented atoms in a bed of mud, devoured by death, a mockery of fate. But thinking atoms whose far-seeing eyes, guided by thoughts, measure the faint stars. Our being mingles with the infinite. Ourselves we never see or come to know. This world, this theater of pride and wrong, swarms with sick fools who talk of happiness. Once did I sing in less lugubrious tone the sunny ways of pleasure's general rule. But times have changed and taught by growing age and cheering of the frailty of humankind. I can but suffer and will not repine. Now that was pretty dark and gloomy to conclude with, so I'll conclude with a little short piece that's more soul uplifting. When earth's last picture is painted and the tubes are twisted and dried, when the oldest colors have faded and the youngest critic has died, we shall rest and faith we shall need it Lie down for an aeon or two, until the master of all good workmen shall put us to work anew. And those who are good shall be happy. They shall sit in a golden chair, 
they shall splash at a ten-league canvas with brushes of comet's hair. They shall have real saints to draw from, Magdalene, Peter, and Paul. They shall work for a hundred years at a setting and never be tired at all. And only the Master shall praise us, and only the Master shall blame. And no one shall work for money, and no one shall work for fame. But each from a separate star will draw the thing as they see it for the God of things as they are. And I promise this is a closing verse from the Christian Yoga Song of God, closing two verses. As the spirit of your mortal body wanders on through childhood and youth and old age, so when your body wears out, your spirit departs and puts on one that is new. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise be to the Holy One. It's pissed. Yeah. Give me another. Dude, that was the bomb. This is 